Morning, welcome to Life Church. We're glad you're here to worship with us on this beautiful summer morning. Psalm 84 says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you that wherever you are, there's beauty. Wherever you are, there's there is wonder. Wherever you are, there is joy. And God, this morning, our hearts long to be with you. And we ask for your presence here this morning. We ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us, to bring your presence among us, that you would fill each of our hearts with yourself, that you would encourage us, God, that you would draw us closer to you. We thank you that you're going to do that this morning. We believe, we accept that in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we begin to worship. Morning. How is everybody? You doing good this morning? It is a good day. Ready to worship. Ready to sing. I keep saying you don't have to be good. It just says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say make a good one. Alrighty? So let's just sing. Let's worship the Lord. My heart's burning for that day when I see you face to face. I'll keep watching and waiting, staying focused on your word. I will see you, I will touch you, you will hold me in that day. My heart's burning for that day. When I see you face to face, there's a longing in my soul to hear you say well done, and I will see you. I Sing the first verse. My heart's burning for that day when I see you face to face. I'll keep watching and waiting, staying focused on your word. I will see you, I will touch you, you will hold me 
that day. Sing it again. And I will see you. I will touch you. You will hold me in that day. Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you and every fear I lay at your feet I'll sing through the night oh God the battle belongs to you when all I see is the battle you see my victory when all I see is the mountain you see a mountain move and as I walk through the shadow your love surrounds me there's nothing to fear now for I am safe with you so when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you and every fear I lay at your feet. I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. cross God you see an empty tomb so when I fight I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high oh God the battle belongs to you and every fear I lay at your feet I'll sing through the night oh God the battle belongs to you. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. 
you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. And almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you and every fear I lay at your feet. I'll sing through the night. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. And every day I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. Yes, Lord. Here we go. The seated above, enthroned in the Father's love, destined tonight, poured out for all mankind. God's only Son, God's only Son, perfect and spotless one. never sinned but suffered as if he did all authority every victory is yours all authority every victory Oh, Jesus, you're awesome in power forever. Awesome and great is your name. For you overcame. Power in hand, speaking the Father's plan. 
You're sending us out a light in this broken land. All authority, every victory is yours. All authority, every victory is yours. Sing to him now, he's your Savior. Savior, worthy of honor and glory, worthy of all of our praise, for you overcame, you're my Jesus, so awesome in power forever. Awesome and great is your name, for you overcame. And we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Everyone overcome. Sing it again. And we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Everyone overcome. Oh, Savior, worthy of honor and glory, worthy of all of our praise. overcame Jesus awesome and power forever awesome and great is your name for you overcame my Savior worthy of honor and Worthy praise for you overcame Jesus, awesome and power forever. So awesome and great is your name for you overcame. Just bow our heads and remain in the presence of God for a few minutes here. Just be quiet before Him. Open your heart and your ears to hear Him speak to you. Thank you.
Father, this morning we come before you and we acknowledge that there are battles raging all around us and we read about them in the news, battles between peoples, battles with the weather, battles with sin. We thank you as we look back. We thank you for the victory that Jesus won on the cross. We thank you that he won the battle over death and he rose from the dead. Because of that victory, Jesus in the past, God, we... we believe that you're going to help us with every battle that we face in our lives. We thank you that you're no longer in the grave, but you're alive. And you rule and reign as King of kings and Lord of lords, and we are part of your army. The greatest army, the most powerful army that's ever existed and ever will exist. We don't fight with guns and bullets, but you equip us with the power of the Spirit. And we ask this morning, God, that you would equip every person here with your power to, to fight the battles that you have allowed to come into our lives. And we fight not in our own strength, but we rely on your strength. We rely on your power. Because the battle truly is yours and we simply follow you to victory. And so we pray for each person here, no matter what the battle may be in their life, whether it's finances, health, relationships, whatever it may be, God, we, we pray that you would bring the victory. And we thank you that you will bring the victory as we continue to follow you. And we look forward to that day when you return again. And we see you riding on that white horse, followed by the armies of heaven, and, and all the enemies, all your enemies will be completely defeated and removed from your kingdom. And we will rule and reign with you forever and ever. And we thank you for that hope. We thank you for that ultimate victory. That gives us confidence to live today and walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take a few minutes to greet one another before we go on with the service today.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Could I get away from the teachers? There's away from teachers. Kids, you're dismissed. Um, if you're a first-time guest or have not gotten connected yet, we would love to connect with you. We know that everyone prefers a different method of communication, so you can either fill out the Connect card attached in the bulletin and drop it in the offering basket by the door at the end of the service, or we invite you to take out your phone right now and text the word CONNECT to 636-442-0210, which is also listed in the bulletin. Uh, regulars, regular attenders and members, you can just update your contact information. And for info about ongoing ministries, check out our bulletin. And um, we have Bible study every Sunday morning at 8.30. And right now the, uh, the uh, topic is creation and the Bible. Explore what scripture from the beginning to end teaches about God as creator. And that's in the lower level at 8.30, and Pastor Dan leads that. And we, all, we have a Stepping into Freedom program, which meets every Thursday at 6.30 at the lower level. Uh, it's a Christ-centered 12-step program that would be helpful for anyone struggling with life-controlling problem. You can sign up on your Connect card, or you can give me a call. My number's in the bulletin. And I think that's all our announcements. Okay, Dan. We have one uh, last announcement. We want to get this on here. We do have a water baptism coming up. We're excited to have it this afternoon at 1.30. It's going to be at West County Assembly of God. Uh, which is on 40. It's the church with the big cross there. And um, they actually helped us get started uh, many years ago. And so uh, we're still on good, good uh, terms with the pastor there. So we're glad that we're able to have baptisms there. There are maps out on the table that show you how to get there. Uh, it's pretty easy, of course, if you have a phone and you just type it in. It'll tell you how as well. And so the baptism is at 1.30 uh, p.m. Those who are being baptized, we ask that you get there at 1 uh, so we can uh, talk to you a little bit and get everything straightened out before we actually have the service at 1.30. And so we also encourage everyone here to come and celebrate with the people being baptized. And so everyone is welcome, and uh, we encourage you to come over. It won't be a long service. It will certainly be done in uh, less than... Well, certainly less than an hour, uh, so it'll probably be done in half an hour. It uh, depends on how long I pray in the, in the baptismal tank. So it just depends, you know, how inspired I am and, and what happens. So we're going to rely on the Holy Spirit. But we encourage you to come. It's just a wonderful time. Well, this morning we're concluding our series, Stages of Life. We've looked at life's five stages and, and found God's encouragement for each stage of life. And if you missed a message, you can watch the message videos at our website, on YouTube or Facebook as well. And this morning for our final message, I've called it Finish Well. I think that's appropriate title uh, we're finishing the end of the series, and it's called Finish Well. The Bible speaks of our life on earth as a journey. 
And the journey that each of us has has a beginning and has an end. Life begins at conception, and our physical life ends when we draw our last breath. But the good news is that death for the believer is not the end. Death is simply, I call it a doorway into the presence of Jesus. And so we close our eyes in this life, we open them to see Jesus in heaven, and that's going to be a wonderful time. Jesus made it very clear in a, probably the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, there's a white page in the middle of your bulletin. I'd encourage you to take that out. It has the outline there. You can follow along as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so we see from this well-known verse, people hold it up at football games and all kinds of stuff, and we see from this well-known verse that there are two major or only two outcomes after death for a person. The first is perishing. Perishing in, in hell, a place of eternal torment. That is one possible outcome on death. The other possible outcome is eternal life, which is living forever with Jesus in heaven. And so those are the two possibilities. A person's eternal fate is determined by the choice they make in life. And that choice is made clear in this verse. The choice is whether to believe in Jesus or not. Those who believe in Jesus will have eternal life. And those who do not believe in Jesus will perish forever. And I think that if you look at the two options, the one that Jesus recommends, the one that is the best option is eternal life. And I believe the Bible teaches that God gives every person on the planet an opportunity to believe in Jesus. And people need to accept that opportunity to have eternal life. The door to believe in Jesus closes at death. There are no chances, no second chances after death according to the Bible. Once you die, your opportunity to believe no longer exists. Your choice in life then is made permanent for eternity. Today we're going to talk about finishing well in life. Facing the end of our lives with hope. Now, death isn't a popular message topic. Like, people get real excited, pastors preaching about dying. But we're going to see how thinking about the end of our lives is going to help us to live life today and to finish well. Psalm 90 verse 12, which is kind of what I'm taking as the key verse for the message this morning, says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. What does it mean to number our days? Well, God has allotted to each of us a certain number of days for our lives. And that number is finite. It's not infinite. There's a certain number of days. And none of us knows exactly how many days we have left. If you're young, you probably have a lot more days left than an older person. But maybe not. None of us know. But for everyone, we have this finite number of days in the world to live. Sometimes we think life's going to go on forever. 
It's not going to go on forever in our physical lives. We have a certain number of days. And when we ask to receive God's help, as this verse tells us, to ponder the days of our lives, to think about it, that it's not going to go on forever. How can we best live our lives for God during the number of days that he gives us? Then he will give us the wisdom to live the lives that he has given to us. To live lives with godly wisdom. To live our lives in light of eternity, which is the important thing. To do the things that God wants us to do that will impact eternity in the days that he has allotted to us. So the first thing, first principle we want to look at as we talk about this topic of finishing well, the last stage of life, is that we belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Now, Jesus spoke these words to Martha after her brother Lazarus died. Now, Martha was grieving. This was an unexpected death. Lazarus was young, and he unexpectedly got ill, and he passed away. And so she was grieving over her brother, and, and Jesus was speaking to her about resurrection. He was speaking to her about eternal life. And Jesus told Martha that those who believe in him, though they die physically, they're going to live eternally. And what about the resurrection part? Well, if you read the story about Lazarus in John chapter 11, you see that Jesus came and raised Lazarus from the dead. But Lazarus eventually grew old and passed away as well eventually. But Jesus' statement applied to more than just Lazarus. He was talking about a resurrection that applies to each and every one of us. No, we're not all going to be raised physically from the dead. But a resurrection is coming in the future when God will raise the bodies of every believer to life. And we'll receive glorified bodies just as Jesus had or has after he rose from the dead. Jesus goes on to say in verse 26, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He's continuing to talk to Martha. He's saying that those who believe in him will never die. Now, what does that mean? Well, he's talking about a different kind of death in this verse. He's not talking about a physical death. We're, we're all going to die physically unless Jesus returns before we do. He's talking about spiritual death here. Those who believe in Jesus will have eternal life and will never die spiritually. To die spiritually is to, as it says in John 3.16, to perish. To spend eternity in a place called hell with Satan and his minions there. The key to eternal life, the key to resurrection is simply to believe in Jesus. Paul writes in Romans 14, 8, If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whatever, where, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And so as a believer, we are God's possession. We belong to Him. The Lord Jesus purchased us by His death and resurrection on, on the cross. We are the bondservants of Jesus for this life and for eternity. 
And so when we are alive on earth as believers, we live for the Lord. When we pass on, when we die physically, we move into a spiritual dimension in which we continue to be his bondservants. We continue to live for him. So those who are believers continue their relationship with Jesus after death. It doesn't change. We're his in life and we're his when we move into the spiritual dimension after death. We belong to the Lord Jesus and nothing can separate us, including death, from his love. And so the fact that we as believers belong to the Lord is comforting and it also motivates us no matter what life stage we are in. So as an older person, we can look back on life. We can see God's faithfulness down through the years. We don't need to worry about the number of our days. We don't set the number. God sets the number. He will take us home when we've completed our mission for him on this earth and not a day before and not a day later. Finishing well means that we live out our commitment to the Lord through our entire lives. We look forward to the time when we see him face to face and he says to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, life on this earth, we've taught, we sang about it this morning. It's a battle, talking about the battles. And as we live our physical lives on this earth, we, we are in a fight. And we need to fight the good fight. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 6. He says, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. And so these verses were written by the Apostle Paul. Near the end of his life, he was written, they were written to a young pastor named Timothy. And God had revealed to Paul that his mission on this earth was coming to an end. His, this departure is talking about his death. His departure from this earth, his entry into heaven. Scripture doesn't tell us how Paul died. Church history records that he was beheaded as a martyr by the Emperor Nero in Rome. Now he says, I'm being poured out as a drink offering. A drink offering was an Old Testament sacrifice that a drink was poured out on the altar. And he, Paul viewed his life as a drink offering being poured out. And it was just about all poured out. He spoke of his death as this departure from his physical life on earth and entry to eternal life in heaven. And in verse 7 he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And so this verse speaks of two metaphors that Paul was using to describe life on this earth that apply to all of us. The first, the first image depicts life as a fight. Is life a fight for anybody else here? A little bit, huh? We're always fighting something, are we not? And, and Scripture tells us really our fight, sometimes we think we're fighting other people, but our fight really isn't with other people, it's with principalities and powers, invisible spiritual forces that, evil spiritual forces that motivate people to do bad things, but they are our real enemy, and that is the fight that we are in. And Paul says, although he was not perfect, only Jesus was perfect, he's fought the good fight. He had given it his all. And 
as we see, to keep to fight the good fight is to keep the faith. He had kept the faith. Talk about that in a minute. The second metaphor often used by Paul is life as a race. Of course, a, a race has a beginning and a race has an end when you cross the finish line. To finish the race is to reach the goal that Jesus has for us. It is to finish the race and not veer off the race course and get sidetracked and not receive the prize of eternal life. To finish the race is to keep your faith in Jesus throughout life. You believe in Jesus and you keep on believing in Jesus. You see, faith in Jesus is not like a one-time event. It's a state that you enter into. You believe and you keep on believing in Jesus. And to keep the faith is to keep on until the race is done. It's possible to stop believing. And then you're not going to finish the race. He goes on to say what's there at the end of the race in verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And so for those who finish the race, who keep the faith, there is a prize. It's called this, this crown of righteousness. It's going to be given to every believer. It represents, in one sense, eternal life. It's not just a special crown for Paul. It's a special crown for every one of us who finish the race, who keep the faith. The prize will be awarded when it will be awarded on Judgment Day, when the Lord Jesus judges all mankind. He speaks of other believers, it says, who have loved, also to all who have loved His appearing. What's he speaking about? He's speaking about the second coming of Jesus. Looking forward to the second coming. Every true believer is looking forward to the return of Christ. And so every true believer loves his appearing. And they're going to receive that crown as well. True believers think of eternity to guide their fight on this earth. Now sometimes people present Christianity as an answer to all of our problems. I, I wish it were true, but in a sense it is, in a sense it's not. It's, uh, Jesus is the answer to everything, but we're not going to see perfection, we're not going to see heaven until it's time, until heaven comes to earth, Jesus returns again, or we pass into that dimension. The truth of the matter is, and as we've already said, as Paul knew, life is a fight. But the good news is that we don't fight alone. God is on our side. God has our back. Jesus is the commander of the armies of heaven with legions of angels. We can't see them. They're all around us. I believe there's angels in this room right now. There's angels that protect us. There's angels that walk with us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us and guides us. And so the problems that we all face in life, they're part of that fight. There's always something, right? There's always something. There's always something. Last night we got in the car and there was a little warning flashing. Your tire pressure is very low. Mm, I wonder what that means. You know, those nails. I don't know where they come from. Uh, but somehow they get in our tires. But uh, 
Just a little part of the fight of life. Praise God, we'll, we'll get it fixed. And as we trust in the Lord to help us through the battles that we face in life, we can have the victory in the good fight, just as, as Paul did. Now, sometimes we get discouraged. We feel, I just can't keep it up. There's just one thing after another. But God has promised he'll never allow anything more to come into our lives than we can handle with his help. That's a promise. And he will help us get through it. He'll strengthen us. He'll strengthen you. He'll protect you. And we look forward to the day when the fight is over. Uh, there is going to come a time when the battle is done. And God will, Jesus will either return. Well, he's going to return. Whether we see it in our lifetime or not, that's an open question. Or we're going to meet him uh, as we pass into the heavenly dimension. And there's not going to be any fighting in heaven. Praise God. No fighting at all. Everything's going to be peace, love, and joy. And so we look forward to that. Because of that, we can have no fear of death. Psalm 23, 4, well-known verse as well, says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so when this verse from the well-known 23rd Psalm David writes of finishing well. Now many people, like Paul, are aware that the end of journey in life is getting nearer. We may sense that the shadow of the valley of death is, is getting darker. But that doesn't mean that we need to fear death. Death doesn't need to be feared. Why? Because the Lord is with us in the valley. Of course, the 23rd Psalm speaks of the Lord as, as the good shepherd. And he is there and we are his, his little lambs. We are his sheep. And he protects us. He guides us. He has a rod which he uses to defend us against enemies. He has a staff which protects us, which guides us. The presence of the Lord and his rod and his staff bring comfort to us, even as we may sense the end drawing near. 1 Corinthians 15.55 says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And what is the victory of death? What is the sting of death? Well, that it happens when somebody has not believed in Jesus. When someone has not believed in Jesus and death comes, Satan brings them down into his dark domain forever. And that, in a sense, death has won a victory. That is the sting of death. That is a horrible, unthinkable, eternal torment for those who have not believed in Jesus. But Paul is writing to believers here for whom Jesus has removed the victory of death. It no longer holds power over believers because when we die physically, we do not descend into that lower realm. We ascend into heaven to be with the Lord. There is no sting. There is no pain once we leave this life. All is joy. The Bible reads, read, uh, reads of or speaks of every tear being wiped from our eyes. Every pain being removed. 
The next verse says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. So death doesn't have a victory. We have the victory through Jesus Christ. Victory over death. And how do we know that we have the victory? Well, Jesus died on the cross and he defeated death by raising from the dead. And he's alive today. And he is the one that we put our faith in. And as believers, we look forward to our resurrection from the dead at Christ's return. The Bible does speak of death as an enemy, but it is a defeated enemy. Defeated by the power of Jesus Christ. And as believers, we trust the Lord to keep us safe from death during this life until we fulfill our mission. Until the number of our days is complete. He will protect us. The safest place to be on this planet is right in the middle of God's will. And as you stay in the middle of God's will, you're going to be safe. You're not going to pass away one day sooner than He has planned for you. And when it's our time to, to go home to be with the Lord, He'll be there to take us to Himself. It's not going to be a sad day for us. Maybe a sad day for the people left behind. It's not going to be a sad day for us. It's going to be a day we open our eyes of rejoicing and joy. We need have no fear of death because of what Jesus has done for us. Now, not only do we not need to fear our own death, we need not fear the death of believers who are close to us. The Bible tells us that though we grieve when a believer passes on because we're not going to see him for a while. We're not going to be able to talk to them for a while. We're going to miss their presence. We're going to miss their company for a time. But the reason we don't grieve as an unbeliever grieves, as those who have no hope, is we're going to see them again, our loved ones in heaven who are believers. And we're going to spend eternity with them. We're going to rejoice in the Lord's presence. They're going to be with us forever and ever. Death for an unbeliever is indeed a fearsome thing. And it should be something that drives an unbeliever to put their faith in Christ. So that they have an eternal hope. And so we must use the opportunities that God gives us to share the gospel with those who do not know Jesus. For whom there is great fear of death. And so the mark of a believer is not fear. The only fear that a believer should have is fear of the Lord. And if we fear Him and entrust our lives to His keeping, we need not fear anything else, including death. Jesus Christ gives us the victory in this life and throughout eternity. So as believers, we, we belong to the Lord in this life, and that continues on through eternity. Continues on when this life ends, keeps right on throughout heaven. As long as we have breath, we're going to be in a fight, but we fight the good fight. With the Lord's strength. As we put our trust in God. He's going to take away all fear of death. Now we might be tempted to fear it. But we can have the victory over that temptation. And not give in to it. He can fill us with his comfort. And joy. And hope. This week I, I read a, a very recent story. Of a man called uh, John Cornetta. And John is, uh, is a co-founder of what's been said to be the fastest growing internet 
marketing company in the world is just growing like crazy. He's been very successful in life. He's middle-aged. He has a wife and three children, several of them quite young. And a month ago, he went in to see his doctor for a routine doctor visit. And they ran some normal tests, and they had some puzzling results, and so they ran some more and ended up taking an MRI of his head. And they discovered a large aneurysm on his brain in a very dangerous and difficult place. And they told him this was very serious uh, because this aneurysm was very large. It could rupture at any time. If it ruptured, his odds were a 50% chance he would die immediately and 50% chance he would have severe brain damage and he would not be the person he was. A pretty grim forecast for John, especially that the doctors didn't know how to handle this. Uh, there was no procedure they knew to deal with it in this very precarious position. And so John felt some fear. I think I might feel some fear if I got that diagnosis. But he said he had 100% trust that God would direct his steps and that his will would be done. And so John began to prepare for the end of his life. He got his will in order. He made funeral arrangements. He made some videos for his children. Like, sorry I can't be with you for your graduation or for your wedding. But I love you. I'm sorry I'm going to pass on. His doctor his doctors didn't know what could be done with it for the situation. They began to call all kinds of medical authorities what could be done. And finally, they came up with, they found a doctor that had recently invented a new procedure to deal with this type of aneurysm in this very uh, difficult position in his brain. Time was of the essence. They didn't know when this thing could rupture or not, and this doctor was difficult to get to, but John writes that somehow God arranged 10 miracles in sequential order for him to get in to see this doctor within a couple of weeks. And so two weeks ago, John had surgery with this new procedure, and it was successful. He no longer is in danger of death or other Serious complications. He's in recovery. In fact, um, he was talking on a video I saw after the operation now. And he said he's thankful to God for this second chance at life. And he was thankful to God for giving him what he called a test. Which became his testimony of living his life one day at a time for God. To see, to see that his life was not going to last forever, that he had mortality, but also to live each day as though it may be his last, to not waste his time. And I thought it was a good illustration of, of what that wake-up call for John was, of teaching us, without that type of wake-up call, of how to number our days. To think that we need to live our days for God each and every day even though we don't know when the end is going to come. We think it's going to be off in the future, and 
Hopefully it is, but maybe not. So that we may live for the Lord each day as though it were our last. That we wouldn't waste our time, that we would live our life for Him each and every day. So that we finish the race of life well and we look forward one day when our time is up to seeing Jesus and hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so this morning, the first step to seeing Jesus and hearing those words is to believe in Jesus. We talked about that at the beginning of the message. And to do that, you admit that you've sinned. Sin is the thing that separates us from God. Sin is the thing that is going to cause us to perish in eternity unless something changes. So we admit that we've sinned. We repent. We turn away from that sin. We ask Jesus to forgive us. We believe that he died on the cross. We believe in him. He died on the cross, took our sins upon himself that we might be forgiven. And he rose from the dead. We commit our lives to following Him as our living Lord and Savior from today onward. And so this morning, I want to give each and every person here an opportunity to pray with me. Perhaps you've never prayed a prayer like that before that we've gone through. I encourage you to pray with me. Or perhaps you've done it in the past and you want to recommit your life to the Lord this morning. So let's bow our heads right now and we're going to pray I'd encourage you just to pray along with me in your mind. This is the most important decision you could make in your life. And I would encourage you not to put it off, not to wait for another day. If you're not sure that you would go to heaven if you passed away today, then I encourage you to pray this prayer, to commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. So let's pray. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I've been following my plan for my life and not yours. I repent. I turn away from that sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. Please forgive me. I believe he rose from the dead. I put my faith and trust in him, and I commit my life to following him as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you that I am now a child of God. For the rest of us, let's pray. Father, we thank you that as believers, we belong to you. We belong to you in life and we belong to you after death, after we pass into your presence. We thank you that you're going to guide us, that you have our days numbered and and God, we want to live in light of that, that each and every day that we live will be a day lived for you. Help us to fight the good fight. Life is a fight, but with your strength, with your help, you're going to give us the victory in every fight that we encounter in life. Thank you that you've promised to never give us more than we can handle to get into a fight that is going to overwhelm us. We thank you that you're going to give us the victory. And you're going to be with us each and every step of the way. And we thank you, God, that we need have no fear of death. In fact, we need to have no fear of anything. We need not worry about one thing because you are with us. You're going to guide us. You're going to strengthen us. You're going to give us everything we need to carry out the mission that you have for our lives each 
in every day. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.